This is the Power Moves Podcast. To, well, welcome back to the Power Moves Fitness Podcast. Um, taking a little break for a little while. Uh, not really intentionally, but just didn't have any quality content to put out there and I didn't really feel like recording an episode just for the sake of recording one. But anyway, we're back today with episode eight, I believe. And today I'm joined with a dietitian. Um, her name is Sophie Medlin. Yeah. I got that right. <laughs> Um, today's episode, I'm going to call it First We Eat, because we're obviously talking about a lot about food and nutrition. So how are you doing, Sophie? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so first time we've met, mm-hmm. never met before. Nope. Um, I found Sophie on Instagram, pumping out loads of content, and I really like what she's putting out and all of the, um, the angle she's taking with food. and trying to get towards health and trying to cut through the bullshit. So I shot her message and she kindly obliged. So here we are. Um, if you do want to follow Sophie on Instagram, it's at Sophie Dietitian. All right, so what, from what I've seen, um, you've written for Women's Health, Daily Mail, Express, Forbes, also appearing on some podcasts, BBC, for the radio, Channel 4, Channel 5, <laughs> ITV. I mean, it's bloody fantastic. Like, how did you get to this right. stage in your career? Um, I've, I've just always done this. So okay. I, I qualified as a dietitian in 2007. Okay. So dietitians do a degree in nutrition and then yeah. the application of that to medicine is dietetics. Okay. So I then worked in the NHS for uh, about seven years and okay. specialised, like, yeah, I've done my, I've done my time. Yeah. <laughs> I specialised in uh, colorectal disorders and things like that. So I specialised in bowel health in terms of my clinical work. And then I lectured in nutrition and dietetics for five years. So I was a lecturer and researcher for a long time, um, which was great. And then I escaped and now I work for myself. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm very lucky. So basically I've been doing it for a long time at King's King's College. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've been chipping away, man. Grafting, that's right. That's awesome. That's really good. I'm very lucky. Like I love love what I do and I love my work. And... I've had some amazing opportunities and it keeps snowballing, yeah. so I feel very privileged. Mate, you sound like you're engrossed in it, which is good. Yeah, to the detriment of the rest of my life, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, isn't it? Absolutely. All right, so what is a dietitian? For a lot of people out there who may not know, like, obviously they might hear the word flying around, you might hear nutritionist and all these other words that are related to food health, but what is a dietitian? Yeah, really important place to start always. Whenever I'm talking, I always do this. Who in the room knows what a dietitian does? Um, So dietitians, um, again, so we study the science of nutrition, so we'll do a three or four year degree in nutrition. Okay. And then we go on to learn how to apply that to medicine. So we'll go into hospitals, like doctors, like nurses, like physiotherapists, and we'll learn how to apply that to medicine and how to treat disease and disorders through nutrition and with nutrition. Okay. So a lot of the work that we do in hospitals is tube feeding, so artificial nutrition. Oh shit, okay. Either tubes up your nose and into your tummy oh, or feeding fuck. directly into veins, things like that. So we work with some of the sickest people in the hospital, but we also do some of the other jobs that you would kind of expect dietitians to do. So lots of dietitians in the health service will be working with people with weight problems, people with irritable bowel syndrome, 
people with um, diabetes and things like that. So we work with the sickest people in hospital, which yeah. is what I always did. And then we also work with people who need like kind of lifestyle changes and things like that. Oh, so that's really, I didn't actually know that, that they yeah. work to that extent. And that's primarily why you don't really see dietitians out yeah. there be doing the jobs that you yeah. might see nutritionists doing yeah. or nutritional therapists taking yeah. up that space because we are generally in hospitals yeah. keeping our heads down and working hard. But I think it's really important to remember that nobody who isn't a dietitian can call themselves a dietitian. So it's a protected okay. title like okay. physiotherapist yeah. or whatever else. So. Um, whereas nutritionists, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Maybe you do. Yeah, Lots yeah. Of anyone can. I try not to. Yeah, well, you can, and yeah. that's fine because you actually have some qualifications. Yeah. But anyone can, and that means that that's slightly risky in terms of yeah. general public taking advice from people. Yeah. Um, nutritional therapy is a different thing. It's like in the alternative therapy category of things. Okay, cool. So that's a bit more like um, homeopathy and things like that. In oh, that okay, department. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah, so it, it goes. It's a big rabbit hole being a dietitian, really. I never really yeah. thought they worked that extent with the NHS. Yeah, yeah, we're like the doctors in this kind yeah. of world. Um, and I've noticed of also there's a lot of a lot of you now appearing more on social media as well. I hope so, and yeah. I really hope you know I'm very privileged to have worked and trained lots of dietitians, and um, I hope that I've led some of that because it's yeah. uh, it can be really scary. You know, yeah. often we're saying things that are unpopular, we're saying things that people yeah. don't want to hear. Yeah. And we're going against the grain, and, and you know that's because the actual message is always balance and eat yeah. food and be normal and stop, you know, listening to nonsense. And that's exactly. actually not that marketable. It's true. Moderation <laughs> <laughs> is not no, sexy. It's, it's very true. It's like um, obviously, oh, it's so true what you say. It's even relating to training, like doing the boring stuff is not cool yeah like if you say to someone they want to get strong okay just do five by fives it's just boring yeah and they don't want to do it regularly and yeah. do it repeatedly they don't want to hear the boring yeah. stuff and I, that's interesting so how can like the general public or gym goer because obviously that's my space how can they benefit from the advice of a dietitian like yourself in opposed to influencers on social media yeah great question so one of the things that you'll get from seeing a dietitian is that we are not legally allowed to sell you anything oh, really? so there's no way that I can be like oh you must buy my special product and tell you that that's the best thing in the world oh. so that's one of the ways that you're protected okay. so if you said should I be taking supplements and I've assessed you and I yeah. say okay these are the things that you're likely to need yeah I would have to say here's a range of places that you could get, you them, get from. them from I might be able to say in my opinion this is the right, right one but if I'm benefiting financially from that, there's some legal it. problems, yeah. Ah, okay. So you're just protected in that way. So you could see anyone else in the nutrition world who may mm. have more um, sports and fitness experience than your average dietitian. You can obviously yeah. do specialist training and education in sports and fitness for a dietitian. Um, but yeah, you that's one of the bits of protection you get. You also get the thing where actually if something goes wrong or you know if you develop problems as a result of that advice you've got some comeback so we okay. will always we always have to give advice that sound scientifically yeah. medically and yeah so the, the person who's getting your advice is going to get the most e expert advice out there yeah, and it's exactly. based on research not just opinion or anything else yeah or their personal experience or whatever else yeah. you know it's based on research it's based on what they know from evidence and uh, that's the, the, in my opinion the best quality of research and advice that you can get perfect right guys so stop listening to influencers <laughs> <laughs> as i keep saying but it's true look out for just if you're looking for advice which most of you will be in terms of training and 
nutrition, it's always good to look for people with one experience or um, the qualifications to back it up and obviously dietitians at the top of the field in terms of uh, eating. All right, so you, when I was looking at researching you a bit, you're a founder of City Dietitian. That's right, yeah. Right. So what when I do? When I quit my uh, academic position, um, I set up the company last year. We offer consultant dietitians essentially for okay. specific projects or for individuals. Okay. So with the work that I do with my company, um, if a patient comes to see, you know, nutrition is a very broad field. Yeah. And diabetes is very different from colorectal problems. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my team that I work with and who are the dietitians that I look after, we are all experts in our particular field. Oh, okay, cool. So for example, um, we're all doing research in our area. We might yeah. be writing the research on diabetes or on colorectal oh, conditions, okay. things like that. So we're contributing in that way. And so really we're, you're getting a consultant dietitian as opposed to someone who's just got a little bit of knowledge of something. Okay. And so what I do is a lot of product development work with companies. So yeah. people want to design a product for a specific thing and I'll help them to find the research and the right things for that. And obviously we, we all have our own clinics as well. So I have patients who have all kinds of different conditions, but mainly it's about colorectal things for me. Oh, okay. So each, like, well, some dietitians might specialize even more down one yeah, road. Totally. In yeah. terms of just being general. Yes, exactly. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, diabetes is something that we all do quite a lot of at university, okay. but it's also a complicated condition. And actually there's some yeah. things in there that need a specialist. Do you know so what the numbers are in diabetes? Diabetes at the moment. That's not my area. No, oh, <laughs> it's huge though. It's huge though. It's, like yeah, it's absolutely um, an epidemic. Yeah. yeah, I'm noticing more and more people with the little um, patch and the pack yeah. on their waist. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, and it's good because that's act, that's technology that's improving people's health. Okay. That wasn't available even five years ago. So it's okay. good that it's access, you know, accessible to people. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, so you wrote an article for Forbes recently on veganism. Mm -hmm. All right, controversial so topic. <laughs> we're going to upset some people. <laughs> um, the point I want to touch on, though, is can a vegan diet um, drive ill health a little bit if the person, uh, let's say the person has a strong will not to eat animals in aid of like social issues, which I believe is really a massive issue at the moment in terms of the way the world is but how can this person eat in a sustainable way without compromising their health yeah great question with difficulty is the yeah. true answer unfortunately yeah. so um, a vegan diet is not nutritionally complete okay and so you need to be finding uh, either fortified sources of okay. various different things or you need to be taking supplements okay and Therefore, there's some challenges there in terms of if you're relying on supplements or fortified food or products, are you actually being as environmentally yeah. sound as you think yeah. you are or yeah. you would like to be? Yeah. Um, I totally get the ethical thing. Yeah. Like completely, I was vegetarian for a long time growing up. I okay. completely get it. I grew up in Devon. Yeah. Like I'm a country girl. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's, um, I get it. It's just that from a nutritional perspective, yeah. It's not nutritionally complete, and so there needs to be that those messages need to be out there. Mm. And over the last, I don't know, four years, I've taken some serious slap on like really bad abuse on social media as a result mm. of what, trying to get these messages out there and saying, you know, you do, you need to supplement, you need to be yeah. careful. And actually, 
some of the people who've been the driving force of some of that abuse are now not vegan anymore because oh, of their go. nutritional deficiencies. Jesus. And I've said to them, do you want to talk about this? And yeah. how could I have reached you at that time when we were talking yeah. and you were saying these things to me? How could I have told you, you know, warned you about yeah. this? And I did warn you about this, but you didn't want to hear it. How could I have approached that differently? Yeah. And the answer is, there's nothing you yeah. could have said at that time. It's a bit hard-headed, isn't it? It's really hard. Like nutrition is, there's so much more to it than just mm. knowledge about food. You know, there's so much about um, your philosophy and your ethics yeah, and yeah. what you believe in and what's right the for emotion. you. Yeah, emotion and it's your body and everyone's different. And it, you know, and now it's really trendy and you can build yeah. a huge platform off your vegan diet or your paleo yeah. diet or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. that people are really polarized and sold and they identify themselves by yeah. their food and there's some issues in that. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. So you're, ve you're vegetarian? Yep. And now you're Now I'm pretty planty at home, like I don't yeah. eat a lot of meat at home, okay. but I eat meat when I'm out or okay. not that I specifically go out to purposefully eat meat, but yeah, I don't worry about my meat consumption. I okay. eat good quality meat and I eat fish, like fish is an excellent yeah. source of nutrition for everybody. Okay, cool. So uh, so vegan, like, how, what what would you recommend? In generally. terms of supplementation, yeah, or generally. yeah, so really important to make sure that you're eating a really wide variety of foods. Mm. I think when you uh, cut out food groups, there's a tendency to um, then rely overly rely on some on certain specific foods that then become you know your your convenience choice yeah. and the thing that you can grab easily and that you yeah. rely on. So you can really reduce the variety in your diet, which is then means that you're not necessarily yeah. feeding all the good bacteria in your gut and all kinds of other things as well. Okay. The risks are B12 deficiency okay. primarily. So uh, risk, so signs of B12 deficiency are things like digestive problems, hair yeah. loss, skin problems, memory problems. So the okay. way that you think and feel can be affected quite early on. Brain fog. Um, I'm just trying to think about the other things that people come to me with. Mm. Um, taste changes, um, things like having mouth ulcers are all signs of nutritional deficiencies wow. that people perhaps don't pick up early enough. Um, the long-term consequences of yeah. um, B12 deficiency are permanent and irreversible. You can get neurological oh. damage. Really? Um, damage to your um, nerves and to your brain as a result of B12 deficiency. Wow. So it's like, it's not a joke, you know? Your body can store six months worth of B12 okay. because it's so crucial. Yeah. So your body will store about six months of it. After that, you go. start. So lots of people feel oh, yeah. brilliant when they first start on a plant-based diet and it yeah. takes a while for them to start noticing those side effects and I think by that point often people are very you know they've really got into the lifestyle and they've yeah. maybe told everybody about it and whatever else and then it's very difficult to say yeah and to believe that it's actually that that's driving their problems so yeah. that can be difficult there's not, there's, I've seen on uh, the internet some people so well some celebrities have gone vegan and not now back to normal diet like I didn't yeah. really notice it I didn't even know before to be honest but yeah. you very rarely hear it I well I very hear rarely hear anyone say in my circle oh I've gone vegan and then later down the line it didn't work yeah so people will generally be quite quiet about it okay. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing I mm. think this is the problem it's a bit like um, you know you'd shout about starts a lot of people would shout about starting a new diet or fitness yeah. exercise you know regime and they're doing this amazing thing and they're really pushing for it and they're trying yeah. really hard they're not going to say to you they fell off the wagon because yeah, they it's feel like they failed you yeah. know and actually that's not what people do yeah, they should because it shows like the real yeah totally why totally. why they failed if anything for someone else to figure it out yeah so back to the b12 yeah how much 
of it would you recommend someone take? Obviously, everyone's different, but is there a general amount or a minimum amount? So if you even if you just had like a piece of meat once a week, okay. or you had a glass of milk or some cheese once a week or yeah. some yogurt, you'd probably be fine. You oh, don't really? need okay. vast quantities, oh. but it's important to make sure that you're getting some sources. And if you're on a plant-based diet, the plant-based alternative or the plant-based yeah. um, fortification process is less effective okay. than the animal sources, unfortunately. So around three or four fortified foods per day okay. is what we recommend. Your most reliable, your best bet is to take a supplement. Okay. Take a good quality A to Z if you're on a plant-based diet, so A to okay. Z multivitamin and you'll cover your bases. Okay. The other thing that's important to supplement is omega-3. Yeah, you need to I get was going yeah. Yeah, to comment on this. Okay, cause cool. Because obviously there's a f the issue that is coming from a fish, right? Yeah, no? yeah. So you need to take the algae oil oh. supplement. So okay. algae oil is kind of the stuff that the fish eat and that's what makes oh. them produce omega-3, right? So you can take that oh. and then we can have a philosophical conversation about whether oh. algae is an animal or a plant. It's an animal. <laughs> but let's no, not go down that know, What route. the hell is it? It's a plant, no? <laughs> Technically, I think it's a plant, yeah. But it's living. Yeah, well, yeah, well plants are living, right? Yeah, but in a way that it's <laughs> conscious. Is it conscious? I don't know. I don't know if it has a brain. I oh, know, anyway. So you can take <laughs> algae oil. I don't think, maybe it's algae. Yeah, it must be from the algae itself. You take algae oil. Yeah. The, the people what about think, plankton? Yeah, uh, no. So you specifically take the type of algae that the, that creates the omega three. Oh, okay. So it's um there is omega three and six in plants. So there is it in seeds and nuts and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't give you the next level down. It's the EPA oh, okay. and DHA, yeah, yeah, yeah. those essential fatty acids. And we did some work when I was working at Kings on looking at the impact of of vegan diets on things like heart rate variability. Um, your heart relies on uh, DHA, which is one of them. Sorry, yeah. EPA, okay. and your brain is made up primarily of, of EP, DPA, DHA, DHA yeah. and that one is absolutely essential for brain good quality brain function. Oh, interesting. Yes. Algae. I'm gonna look it up. Why? Because you don't trust me. No, no, no <laughs> it's, just gonna, it's just something I can advise as well. Isn't yeah, it? definitely. And the thing is, you know, almost all. Well, whilst we talk about the risks of a plant-based diet and vegan yeah. diets. You know, loads of omnivores, people who eat meat and dairy and whatever else, also have crap diets. Yeah. There's just no less risk of deficiency. Yeah, no doubt. But with omega-3, with EPA and DHA, actually um, almost everybody in the UK doesn't eat the three portions of oily fish a week that you're supposed to eat. So no. actually, yeah, you know, so many people are deficient anyway. Yeah. And taking fi either fish oil or algae oil is super beneficial for almost everybody. Our bodies are... It's so essential and it really mm. helps with brain function as well as heart function. So it's kind nothing of like to picking lose. Picking a poison, isn't it? And then trying to. Yeah. Mm. So I don't eat much fish myself. I maybe like eat it once or twice a week, but again, I try to avoid it because of just like the way it farms and stuff. And I've read and seen some bad things about salmon. So I'm like, oh God. Yeah. But then I'm like, I'm geared more towards red meat and chicken then, but then it's still like. There's, yeah, there's, a, there's an issue there as well. So Totally. Um, my girlfriend's vegan, mm -hmm. so we stock, we stay stocked up on um, uh, cod liver oil anyway, because mm -hmm. obviously I train a lot, so I need to take it, and I don't eat a lot of fish. B12 and vitamin D, and I think that's really it. We have like ashwagandha and some other things, but we yeah. keep it minimal as possible. So with the fish oil... Um, the fish, the cod liver oil is different to the omega three. So the fish body okay. oil is what you need. So either the algae supplement or okay. omega three and six. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Next up, <laughs> let's talk about body image. 
Let's. Just, yes, let's. <laughs> <laughs> just getting a lot of light at the moment. Um, and I've been trying to gear my posts. I'll post about my training and stuff just to show the day-to-day work of trying to achieve your goals and the bit of blood, sweat and tears that has to go into it. But um, also the flip side of that, my posts try to gear towards like the mental state and the body image and motivation a little bit. Um, so a lot of people will be fighting battles beyond weight loss or muscle gain. Um, okay, body image is a term that is used to divine, define how we think or feel about our bodies. Agreed? Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so how can one achieve a healthy body image and what are factors do you think are at play? Great question. So your body image is obviously in your head. It's got very little yeah. to do with what your body actually looks, looks like. like. Okay. So I was talking this morning um, to someone who does a lot of work in the body image arena and we were talking about how actually uh, lots of people will be able to identify that the time in which they probably looked the best, in inverted commas, they yeah. consider they looked the best or they maybe were training their hardest was probably one of their least happy times in mm, their life. Okay. So if you are super focused on your body and that's all you're thinking about and you're mm. losing loads of weight and you're super skinny and whatever else you're trying to achieve, mm. probably there's a bit of a misbalance there with the other things that are going on in your mm. life. And when you come to a, a way of living that encompasses movement that's good for your body and your head, that's not punishing you and not making you unhappy and eating in a way that's good for you, that doesn't stop you going out with your friends, that doesn't yeah. restrict you, that doesn't cause you stress. Exactly. You're sleeping well, you've got a good social life, you've got people around you and you've got good community and your mental health is good. Chances are you might not look exactly how you feel yeah. you, should at one look. point you thought yeah. you should look, and okay. but actually you're probably a much happier person and you probably become at peace with your body in that way. Yeah, you'd be more healthy and probably feel better yeah. within yourself anyway. So yeah. It's a huge issue that I find anyway with a lot of people wanting a certain look and I'm like, it's not really going to work because you're going to have to just restrict yourself so much. Is it is it worth it for your yeah. lifestyle? Like, exactly. do you want to do this or do you want to just be healthy, build good habits with your eating um, and just general wellness and then we can try and knuckle down on the physique, your strength through training. Because yeah. if you're setting a good base being happy with how you're eating and socializing then you can train hard you can then you can look better mm. in the long term mm. instead of trying to like restrict yourself so much and go oh I'm gonna not eat this and I eat that yeah and you can't stick to it as well so lots yeah. of people find it very difficult to stick to and that's how it should be because if yeah. you do stick to it really rigidly and you don't have any you know space for wiggle room in your diet and for joy and the food that's not just about nutrition then exactly. you're probably too far down that road and there's some issues there as well. So how does how, how do you, how does that come up in your work? Do you, do you notice this at all? Yeah, a huge amount actually. So um, particularly in London, I think there's a real pressure on people yeah. to look a certain way or to feel a certain way about their bodies. And you know, I work with people who are maybe have incredible careers doing amazing mm. work and they're still beating themselves up because they don't look like an Instagram model yeah. or a fitness model or someone yeah, who yeah. is a fitness professional yeah. because that's what we compare ourselves to, right? Yeah. And that's someone who is paid like yourself and yeah. their job is to work out and to look a certain way, right? Mm. That's not my job. My job no. is to use my brain, right? Yeah. And to support people. And so if my job was to work out all day, yeah, I probably would look like that, and that's yeah. great. That's not my job. Most of our job is to sit on our bum all day and mm. focus on our computer, and that, that's 
that makes it very difficult to achieve the physique of yeah. someone that maybe we're comparing ourselves to yeah, habitually on social media. Exactly that, yeah. That's interesting. So it's like, what we do, f I tend to find is a lot of people that, like you just said, who have a very busy job and just maybe sitting down a lot and their, their job is really like high stress. They've got to be here, they've got to do that. There's deadlines. They, in a way, sometimes they end up grinding themselves into the ground and not actually having a body in a healthy way or a high performing body. Yeah, you, totally. you come across that a lot. Totally. And um, one of the things we need to remember is that our bodies are basically like cavemen still. Okay. So we haven't evolved massively physiologically. Yeah, I've heard this a lot. Yeah. yeah. So what we're doing is, you know, when we are stressed, our yeah. body's f in fight or flight mode, yeah. right? So our body thinks we either need to run away from something or fight something. <laughs> and actually the thing that's driving that stress almost always is your computer or an okay. email or something you've got to deal with, right? Yeah. Something that requires you to sit still. Yeah. And yet that stress, our body is looking for fast release carbohydrates okay. is looking for quick easy convenient energy oh, okay. and that's why when you're stressed it's very difficult to resist things like carbohydrates guess, in yeah. particular but easy to access energy okay. and same with when you're tired you know your body just wants easy yeah. energy so if your fitness regime or your diet makes you more stressed yeah or gets you up good. at five o'clock in the morning every day and yeah. stops you from sleeping you'll you're just putting things Piling in place up, yeah. that yeah put you push you to burn out or push mm. you to um, actually not be able to stick to it in a sustainable way. And as you know, and as I know, all this stuff is about sustainability. Yeah. If you find a way of eating that brings you joy as well as gives you good nutrition, yeah. and you find a way of exercising that brings you joy, and you know, I was talking to you before about boxing and that sense of community and that thing that kind of gets you back every week is actually the people and the, yeah. the, the fact that, I mean, I love the training, but also the kind of, engagement with everybody it's the energy that yeah. you get from it and you know even if that's walking for you and listening to an audiobook or whatever mm. like whatever that exercise is that you enjoy find it and do it regularly because it brings you joy not because you want to be thin or whatever else you know amazing very good so let's say you have a client he's with you or she's with you and um they work a lot whatever job they do they're very demanding and um they want to work towards body image where they want to be happy mm -hmm. or maybe they do want to look a certain way what sort of advice would you give them or where would you start so it depends it obviously depends completely yeah. on what they're eating at that time and yeah. what their habits are like um i d to be honest a lot of the patients that i see or the people that i see um who want to achieve a body shape that i consider to be unachievable considering okay. the other pressures they have in their life we will go through that process of talking about the fact that it's probably unachievable. Okay. And so How some people leave down? disappointed. <laughs> it doesn't go down well, I suppose. We can always, there's always learning to do. There's always um, improvements to make in somebody's diet and we can always get them to a place where they are happier. Yeah. Um, and But often that's about re, re kind of framing their relationship with food, reframing their relationship with their body mm. and accepting that actually where they are now is probably where they should be. Okay. And sometimes that's like a new mum who suddenly yeah. thinks they need to snap back into shape yeah. like celebrities do. And yeah. we talk about actually uh, right now your priority needs to be to look after your baby, make sure yeah. your baby's as well nourished as possible, keep okay. your body as well as possible. So there's always a... A learning point, now. yeah, absolutely. But there's yeah. so much important work to do in understanding where you are in your life at the moment, and that mm. you know the way that you look now is a reflection of 
you know where you are in your life and it's a journey and it's long and actually there's loads everyone can do better with their eating everyone can eat more healthily not everybody exactly but most people can eat better most people can do a bit more exercise most people can improve their lifestyle and for a lot of people that will improve their mental performance at work that will improve how they feel generally they'll improve their energy levels so there's always work to do Agreed. but sometimes it's not okay I'm gonna get you into that size 8 dress that you want to wear next week yeah it's it's kind of like the fast they want it quick change where it doesn't really happen yeah. like that and actually I don't see many of those patients I don't see many of those people which oh, is really? okay. I see um, you know which I'm happy f- about like okay. they're super <laughs> welcome to go and see a personal trainer or okay. see someone else because yeah. um, I'd rather be dealing with people who um, you know who if you want to work on your relationship yeah. with food see a dietitian for sure if you yeah. feel d- troubled by your relationship with food yeah. or you are very very overweight and you're really struggling or yeah. whatever else see a dietitian that's who you need yeah. if you want to lose a dress size to get into a dress for a wedding next week or you know, you're not yeah. saying next month see yeah. a personal trainer yeah, 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 see yeah. someone else because ultimately that's not where my skills lie okay okay fair play that was good stuff mate <laughs> Right, so in your, exper- in your experience, should I say, how is social media have an effect on people's body image? So let's really try and knuckle down on that a little bit more. I think it's absolute poison. I okay. think that's a, it's a real issue for people. We're constantly, as we're saying before, bombarded with these pictures of people mm. who are paid to look that way yeah. and who have probably had their photos doctored. Yeah, 100%. And everything. have had plastic surgery yeah. and whatever else. And there are those few girls that you will see and men who you'll see repeatedly come up on social media okay. because they've won the genetic lottery. You know, okay, they yeah, look yeah, like yeah. that yeah, because yeah. that's how they yeah. were always going to look. Yeah. And maybe they've got a huge booty and a thigh gap, yeah. which is generally very hard that's to achieve. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're squatting, then as you yeah, know, your inner thigh gonna muscles grow. are going to melt yeah. up as well. Whatever else. And then, you know, they're selling these kind of plans of yeah. just exercise like me to look like me. And that is a trap that yeah. will never work. You know, so I think we have all these images bombarded at us all the time, particularly young people. Yeah. All this skinny tea nonsense and all this stuff that's <laughs> happening. And I think there's some real, it, it's really toxic for young people's mental mm. health and it's kind for of their like relationship. It's a bad with influence as well, this social media thing. So yeah. it's trying to find some good source of information and good motivation in a way. Totally. And get rid of the pic, like the comparison, the thing that you do the way you're comparing yeah, your body to other people. Yeah, for joy, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, um, there are some great accounts out there now who are doing yeah. amazing stuff for body positivity and also for like? um, healthy stuff. Um, so there's, I can't think of any individuals now, you put me on the spot. I'll think <laughs> of someone else, I'll send you some links. But there's okay. some great work going on in that world. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a there's a risk that we kind of maybe go too far in terms of um, saying that it's okay to be really overweight because actually it's really not no, great for yeah. your health to be really overweight. But actually, there's normal, and yeah. lots of people are normal but think they're really overweight because mm. of the way that social media yeah, makes us yeah. think we should look. And there's like issues there. Mm. So, what do you think about the? Uh, have you seen the mannequin and Nike? Yeah. What do you think about it? I is think it's positive. I think you should be allowed to exercise if you're overweight. Yeah. Surely there's that should a, be encouraged. There's a lot of contrasting opinions on that. Yeah, I think that's madness, though. I think that, of course, Nike should stock sportswear but that they you do. can wear. They do, but they've never had a mannequin up. Yeah, but why? Because it's shameful thing, to yeah. look like that. But even like, <laughs> I've walked in Nike sometimes and look at the mannequin that on Nike, I'm like, what the fuck, how do you look like that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it fake? <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's like, it's this image that you have to look 
that yeah. way or want to look that way yeah just to fit into the clothes yeah and like i train like quite heavy most of the time my legs are huge i, don't, I can't wear jeans mm. so even for me personally i've had to accept that i won't look a certain way mm. that is not appealing to everyone because mm. i'm quite big my legs are big and i know that obviously it might be a bit intimidating or whatever a lot of people won't want to look like me I, I totally accept that mm. and I don't train my clients to look like me mm. I train them to be the best version of themselves yeah. and even myself I'm I look at ads and see things scrolling and I'm like I'll never fit in that yeah like a lot of clothes will never fit me so I can't there's just like this social media norm yeah or this social norm of like how men should look in certain types of clothes and stuff like that and me personally i definitely don't fit in that because do you not wear skinny jeans no they would <laughs> never fit me in a million years i can't even wear jeans anymore yeah yeah so even like walking through nike or seeing all these adverts i'm like who wears this shit like yeah, absolutely <laughs> so it's just accepting who you are obviously yes trying to get better as a person and be your best and trying to plan for the future but you don't always have to fit in a box i don't think no, and I like. I think one of the things that's important to remember is that your body. There will always be things about your body, mm. everyone's body, that other people will cover in a way. So if you're comparing your body to somebody else, chances are they're comparing your body to theirs as well. Mm. And it might be that you, they're very like. If we think about the female kind of thing again, because I get stuck in that headspace. Yeah. But I think if we think about women, you know, there might be a very very slim woman yeah. who's looking at a curvier woman, wishing she had her yeah, curves yeah, or her yeah. boobs or her bum, yeah. and like the curvy woman is probably looking at the skinny woman yeah. thinking, I wish I was that thin. Like, you cannot have it all. I'm a naturally muscly person. Like, okay. I just lay down muscle easily. And, cool. like, yeah, I'm lucky now, right? But yeah. it wasn't fashionable. Like, in yeah, the 90s or, like, yeah, early noughties, everyone skinny wanted to look like Kate Moss, right? Yeah, so yeah. I spent my life running as much as I could and planking, and that was the only exercise I did. <laughs> I was terrified of laying down any muscle. And, like, now I'm like, okay, brilliant. Like, I look like, you know, I've got Good. the curves in the right places as I'm supposed yeah, to, and that's what people like now. But, you know, them, it's never like... a weakness, I don't think. No, totally. But it wasn't... I think there's some, something there in, you know, in that mm. journey that, like, actually at that time, it wasn't nice to look like... Yeah, like, to be muscly, yeah. you know, as a woman. And now changes, it is, and that's it? great. It changes, and like you mm. can't change. I could never change the fact that I lay down muscle yeah. easily. That's just the way I'm physiologically built, you know. Mm. Good. It's a wonderful world. Yeah, it keeps changing. <laughs> though. They keep changing the, the, the parameters. So I know. I know. Just ignore them. Mm. All right, uh, been an interesting talk so far. Um, Going to wrap up soon, but um, I just want to talk about what sort of advice you may give to someone who may be struggling with weight loss. So you may have a client, um, they may have some, obviously it depends on what issue you have, you might have some digestive issues or anything, but let's say what sort of issues may be at play to start with. So if someone's struggling to lose weight yeah. and you feel, so the majority of the time if someone's struggling to lose weight, it's because they are not able to stick to whatever diet they've prescribed themselves or that's been prescribed okay. and so there might be room for talking about um say for example if you find that you're able to stick to your diet all day mm. but by the evening you know you're Crazy. just knackered and you're picking up things and you're you know grabbing snacks on the way home whatever it's important to think about planning out your day more effectively maybe doing some exercise after work to break up that kind of i'm going to go home and pig out okay, you know, yeah. breaking that sort of stuff up a bit pig out is terrible language to use actually i've just realized that yeah but yeah it's, it's i know what you mean you like 
someone sticks to the diet all day, they get home, they're just chilling and then it's just boredom eating. Yeah. You're just picking at whatever you want and so the question that sugar is craving. Exactly that. Why? So yeah. is it because you're bored? In which case you need something else to do. Okay. Not get bored. And mm. for some, like some people who I work with, but particularly things around binge eating disorders and things like that, doing another distracting behaviour while you're watching T V or whatever okay. can occupy that bit of your mind that might usually be thinking what right. snacks can I get? What yeah. can I get? And same if you're like scrolling through your social media when you're watching TV. That's not a great habit for lots of different reasons, but doing something mm. else productive while you're watching TV can help if that's your habit in the evening. Okay. Or just get out, <laughs> do yeah. nice things, go for a walk, walk do yeah. something that makes you happy. Um, so it might be boredom that people are eating. It might be because they're unhappy, yeah. in which case you need to address the, the underlying cause of the unhappiness as opposed to eating or as opposed to beating yourself up because you've eaten because that's only going to make you less happy um so it's understanding those underlying reasons for why you're eating mm. rather than beating yourself up for what you're eating so um you and i both know that scientifically mm. nutritionally if you can achieve a calorie deficit yeah. regardless of how that's wrapped up by the fitness or diet yeah, industry yeah, yeah. you will lose weight and yeah. so if it's not working, there are some metabolic reasons why that might be. So there okay. may be some hormonal disturbances. Yeah. There may be um, that you have some particular issues with your metabolism for some particular reason, but that's yeah, so few and far between. This is why I'm talking about. I, I come across this quite a lot and I end up being like, um, let's say we, we get the person into a safe calorie deficit and they're training well um, eating fairly healthy within reason. I know everyone doesn't tell me everything, but um, on the whole, let's say 80, 20 year old, yep. doing well. Yep. Um, they may be dropping some weight and training's going well, everything seems positive on a whole, but it may not be going, you might stagnate a bit. Mm -hmm. What else could be affecting issues? So, so you're touching hormones. Yeah, sure. So for women in particular, polycystic ovarian syndrome can, okay. can make you more likely to be to put on weight and make it harder to lose Easy. weight. Okay. So that's because you. Um, so east, uh, it's to do with testosterone and estrogen, but also yeah. to do with insulin. So insulin okay. resistance. So if someone's insulin resistance, they produce more insulin than they need. Okay. Yeah, which makes you lay down fat but it also yeah. makes you hungrier so it makes you more driven to eat more carbohydrates okay. so it makes it more challenging to lose weight okay. and unfortunately in those kinds of conditions weight loss is always often the most important thing to do yeah. so um, sadly it's a case of a, an increased calorie deficit in whatever means that so whether that's more exercise or eating okay. a bit less or being more careful with carbohydrates for example because okay. of the carb and insulin ratio that's there um, go to the doctors, chat to yep. them. So check things like um, thyroid function, cool. check hormone function. Okay, just right. get them to have a quick check. Like I think doctors yeah. are keen now to support people. And if you go to the doctor and say, trying really hard, I'm working with a trainer, yeah. I'm putting the hours in, Hitting I'm doing this much bit, exercise, yeah. and I'm getting really defeated, mm. they'll help you. They want to help you and they want to support okay. you in that journey and that's important. That's really good. That's really. That's even just helped me a little bit as well. Because some clients I have who are trying to lose weight, um, and then sometimes we hit the wall, and I'm racking my brain. Okay, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. I'm looking at their feedback questionnaires, and I'm saying, okay, well, what the hell? Why can? How can we try yeah. and assess this? So I've always thought it might be a hormone issue as well. Yeah. So if I ask them, like, go see a nutritionist or a dietitian, yeah. doctor, and let's see if there's anything going on there. Yeah. Um. So some of the girls, I feel, wa retain water yeah. a lot. Yeah. 
Is there anything you could advise on that? So being careful with salt in your diet can okay, help massively. Cool. Um, okay. And especially if you, you know, if you are leading up to wanting to look, a, you know, have feel a certain way in your clothes for an event yeah. or something like that, then eating high salt foods in the lead up to that can really have an impact. Like, so just thinking, I mean, we don't really realize whenever we pick up food on the go, it's yeah. usually got loads of added salt. Okay. So processed meats are a killer for that sort How of thing. How much is too much salt per day? So I think the guideline is less than six grams. I feel like I should know this stuff off the top of my head. I feel like yeah. it's less than six grams, but nobody has any reference range for what that is. Okay. So it's important to think about yeah, okay, cool. being careful with salty snacks. Yeah. So, and lots of the stuff that we pick up now that's like labeled healthy, so like the chickpea oh, snacks and yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. um, the balls and energy balls yeah. and stuff like that, they've got loads of added salt and loads of other stuff in them. So mm. just being aware and checking salt levels in things, but generally, need to keep really well hydrated and that yeah. will help to balance things out so you're mm. looking for your wee to be the color of pale straw all the time so okay. never getting any darker than that and that will help to keep your balance if your it's darker what's it what does it mean dehydration oh really yeah hmm. interesting question mm -hmm. if you're drinking a lot of water yeah but you keep going pee yeah what does that mean so probably that you're drinking plenty of water yeah and that your body is turning it over quickly and your kidneys are oh. working properly so it's probably not an oh, issue okay. yeah interesting yeah. I've had that sometimes, but I'm drinking water and I'm like, why the hell am I just going to the toilet all the time? But maybe also, so maybe your sodium balance is out a bit. So if you're doing okay. lots of cardio on those days or you're sweating a lot, then you need to make sure you're replacing some of those salts. Ah, okay. Cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. good little thing to do. All right, stress. I know all stress. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? How, how it's, it's a massive issue, of course, but... What, how will that affect weight loss as well? Yeah, great question. So again, like I was saying earlier, really important to acknowledge that when you're stressed, your body is in fight or flight mode. Mm. So there's two things that will happen. One, your body will want to get as much available energy as possible. Mm. So you will be looking for something that's gonna give you lots of quick energy, rapidly released energy into mm. your bloodstream. So basically sugar and carbs. Cool. And that's what you'll be craving and that's what you'll want. And it's difficult, it's difficult to control that. Sometimes for some people just acknowledging that that's why they want it. It's not that okay. they're actually hungry, it's just my caveman in me. And it's yeah. a good, you know, that's the reason your bloodline survived, it's being yeah. aware of that kind of stuff. The other issue is that the cortisol drives sort of central storage of fat. Okay. So when you have a high cortisol level regularly in your blood, so that's your stress hormone, when you're yeah. regularly releasing that, you're much more likely to lay down flat around your middle. Okay. Um, and so if your exercise regime or your diet is contributing to your stress, all, yeah. then you are going to have much more of a hard time managing to stick to it in the long term and achieving your goals. So let's, uh, obviously work can be stressful, life can be stressful. Is there anything you advise clients to counterbalance that? Yeah, so good stress, man stress management techniques is yeah. crucial. So for a lot of people, there's lots and lots of things that we can do yeah. that counterbalance stress. And actually eating releases loads of endorphins okay, and cool. does counterbalance that oh, cortisol okay. reaction. So that's why when you're hangry, yeah. eating relieves that hanger, you know? Yeah. So it works. That's, the, that's one of the problems why people will then become reliant on food as their main source of, of the hormones that counterbalance stress, right? Because okay. it works. Yeah. But there's lots of other things you can do. So things, anything that brings you joy, Cool. <laughs> will work okay cool. so um lots of people i work who i work with have forgotten any of the things that maybe used happy. to bring them joy okay. or other things that make them happy oh. so things like listening to your favorite song can cool. work really well singing along to your favorite song works even better mm. 
so that really lights up all of that happiness and reward center in your brain um, communicating with people ring your friends speak to your mom okay. do those things that make you happy speaking to my mom doesn't always make me happy but speaking <laughs> to my friends usually makes me happy those sorts of things yeah. you know community is so important and I think particularly in cities we lose that quite a lot yeah. of that exercise releases tons of endorphins yeah if you are dreading going to the gym and doing your workout, then that's not going okay. to release loads okay, of endorphins. Cool. You need to find something that you love and that makes you happy and that yeah. brings you joy, whether that's swimming or walking or yoga or lifting weights or whatever it is, find mm. that thing that you like because that will counteract all the stress. Um, so there's lots of things you can do that balance these things out. Looking after yourself works really well. You know, um, Having a bath works really well. Mm -hmm. Any of these things that help to lower your stress, but having for me, there's this issue in, in our modern society where we, we don't counterbalance things properly. Yeah. So we have a huge amount of stress. You commute, the minute yeah. you step out oh the God, door, it's yeah. stressful. If you've got kids at home, it's gonna be even more yeah. stressful even at home. If you're having a difficult time with your partner, home is stressful. Yeah. If you're living with housemates and stressful, it's not easy, it's yeah. stressful. And we don't do enough stuff that counterbalances that stress. Okay. Um, so it's important that you find things that you, you know, I literally see it as a sort of daily balancing act you okay. know like a joy deficiency and you've got to go and find <laughs> that thing that makes you happy right sometimes like i like listening and watching stand-up comedy and okay, just a cool. few little clips on youtube yeah, will yeah. yeah take the edge off and then i'm ready to do something <laughs> that's else that's a good one actually yeah I it's knew good that. it makes me happy that's awesome i'm gonna do that actually lots of people love cat videos right i think that's a oh, massive yeah. like um helps lots of people to de-stress a bit watching cat videos and make you've seen vegan cats on instagram Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading this up there and I was like, why the hell is this cat vegan? Cats can't be vegan. Not, don't get me started. No, that's too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so finishing up with the stress issue, uh, and then in fact the cortisol issue. So we yeah. talked about how you can try and balance that through certain habits. Yeah. Um, would you say exercise can, or any types of exercise can add to cortisol? Yes, so I, I think, and I, I, I'm not going to quote the research because I'm not 100% yeah. sure, but I think HIT is particularly bad okay, cool. increasing cortisol levels and creating more stress in the body. Okay, cool. Um, and I think I've read that and I can't be sure, but yeah. I believe that to be the case. Um, so things like that can yeah. be, can potentially for some people be cause more harm than good in the long run. Okay. Um, but it can be really effective for some people. Yeah. And if your life is set up in such a way that actually a 20-minute workout yeah. is much more achievable and an hour or something. than an hour yeah or than two hours or whatever else then actually that might be the right exercise for you mm -hmm. movement is always the right answer yes. the type of movement yeah. that is the the right answer to what movement is that is yeah. what's right for you yeah very much so i try to get everyone to like clients that i might work with or people i talk with just to address how much they're training and what type of training they're doing and if this too much of a hit, I'll say, mate, knock it on the head. It's too much. Yeah. You get, you're just stressing yourself out too much, and it's just counterintuitive. You're not really going to get to where you want to be because your body's just stressed all the time. Yeah, yeah. So very much something I believe in as well. And but yeah, if a person's only got half an hour, might not have to be a hit, but they can do something for thirty minutes. Yeah, for sure. I know for myself as well that when I was running long distance, mm. and that was all I was doing. Like I could yeah. run a half marathon and I wouldn't even like distance and I wouldn't even know that I'd done it. Oh. And then as soon as I started lifting, that changed up everything massively. So okay. 
Um, in what way? So one, I was much more powerful running up hills. I could feel okay. it in my running performance. Cool. But also suddenly I was getting, you know, I could feel that I'd been working in a way cool. that I didn't recognize when I was running long distance because I just did it habitually. Uh, so okay. switching it up in training, in my opinion, yeah. and you know much more than me, is really important because it yeah. it's good for your body, but it's also good for your development and yeah. how your body responds and things. I'm glad you said that. Teaching <laughs> what I say anyway. Good news, good news. <laughs> um, but thank you, Sophie. That was really um, insightful for me. Pleasure. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for having um, me. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, once again, if you'd like to follow Sophie and follow what she does, she's almost everywhere. She's wrote some cool stuff on Forbes, which I've read, so check it out. And on Instagram, she's at Sophie Dietitian. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Power Moves Podcast. Oh.